Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a good week. Just as a quick note, I'm recording this a little earlier than usual because I am gearing up for Moni's wedding this weekend. Uh, Moni from Mixing with Moni is getting married and a number of us podcasters are attending. We've all become IRL friends and I'm just so excited about it. So if any breaking Bravo news happens on a Friday or Saturday, unfortunately, I won't be able to cover it and we can get to it next week. I also haven't had a chance yet to watch Family Karma or Winter House from this week, but that is what I am going to catch up on when I am back home on Sunday when you guys will be listening to this. So we'll be sure to share my thoughts on Family Karma, which I think is one of the best shows on Bravo. It's overwhelmingly positive. It's funny. It's like heartwarming. I just absolutely adore the show. And I am so excited to get into season three. I also am so excited about the upcoming season 10 of Vanderpump Rules. I really feel like there is a lot happening with this group, and I hope that we get to see it all and that it's not these sort of manufactured storylines. I am here to see Katie Maloney dating. I am here to see Raquel dating. I am here just for all of it. And I actually listened to Katie Maloney's podcast where she had Lala Kent on to talk about BravoCon. And they mentioned that one of the staff that worked at BravoCon commented to Lala about how nice she was to them. And she was like, well, I hope everyone would be nice to you, you know? And they're like, oh, you'd be surprised. And they mentioned an encounter they had with a Bravo celebrity who was not very nice and whose glam was not very nice to them. And they had said this is a person who portrays being very nice on the show that they're on. And so I'm wondering who you guys think they're talking about. I am thinking it might be Heather Gay. And that pains me to say that because I love her, but I don't know, after how she acted this week a little bit and just different rumors that I keep hearing about her not being exactly like how she comes across or her having changed, I don't know, but would love to know who you guys think was an asshole to the staff at BravoCon. And I don't think it was... They were talking about Lindsay. I think they were talking about a housewife. We had all heard, <laughs> uh, if those of you who watch Watch What Happens Live, that Lindsay Hubbard was not particularly kind to a staffer on Watch What Happens Live. And that's who Amanda was referring to when she was asked which of your co-stars on the show is the most like not great with fans. So... Anyways, it sounds like she was caught off guard. I still love Lindsay Hubbard, but I'm sure there are also not great things about her. 
Speaking about her, loved the trip that her and Carl and Luke took down to D.C. last week. I wish I had seen them while I was out and about, but I didn't. It was so fun watching them all be at the Vikings game, not Commander's game. It was the Vikings game because we won. Um, And to see Ashley Darby you know, showing them how to do TikToks and all of that. It was just a blast to watch. All right. I don't have a whole lot else to say because I have not watched all of the shows this week and I'm gearing up for Monty's wedding, but I have a great conversation today with Carvel Taylor. He reached out to me recently. He said that he's been listening to the show, that he's been watching Housewives since 2006, and he had a lot of takes to share. And we go through them. He also recently met Garcelle's son, Oliver, at the Vanderpump Restaurant in Las Vegas, and I was super excited to hear about that. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. If you want to get in touch with me or have any constructive criticism, I always welcome that. You can reach me at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram and perhaps Twitter. Not sure how long that's going to be around, so maybe just stick to following me on Instagram. Hope you guys have a fantastic week ahead. We're going to take a quick break and then back with Carvel. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Carvel Taylor. He is a Housewives fanatic since the OG of the OC in 2006, and this happens to be his first podcast. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm great, Mandy. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing all right. I am so excited to get your take on everything. You know, you reached out to me a few weeks ago and you know, people don't do it that often. That's like, hey, I have been listening to your podcast and I have a take on this particular issue and I'd love to share it. I'm like, Awesome. Yeah, let's book you. Come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome. But before we get into that, like you've been watching for at this point, like, I don't even know, 16, 16 years? years. Yeah. What have you appreciated about how Housewives has sort of transformed over that time? And what do you miss? Wow. Uh, you know, appreciate, I would say, I appreciate the, the shift in cast as far as diversity. It's okay. nice to be able to have different cities like a Potomac or Atlanta um, or even Salt Lake where, you know, it's a multicultural cast. You know, I, I really appreciate seeing that. You know, if you think about the old days um, that you just had Atlanta, really, that had a little slice of diversity there and everything else didn't. So it's nice to see that that's progressed over the years and you know, even OC, you know, we had a little bit of diversity, and I guess that went away after <laughs> after last season. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, if that continues, which it looks like it is. 
Is there anything you miss about kind of the old days of Housewives? I, you know what? I do miss some of the more natural connections, you know, that they had and some of the pre-existing friendships, right? You know, as they shuffled casts and things, they kind of pretend like they've been friends or, you know, oh, I'm introducing this person via this way. And you're like, boo-boo, you guys don't know each other. <laughs> like, you know, the audience, we can feel that. You don't know each other. You know, you just were put together through production and, you know, let, let's just be transparent now. So I, I miss the more natural connections, the friendships that existed prior to the show, but also the real friendships that have, been, have lasted throughout the show and throughout the seasons. And, you know, obviously when they change up the cast a lot, it's hard for that to continue. So, yeah, I miss that. I feel like they spend so much time focusing on the drama and the fighting. And that's interesting, right? The conflict, but a little less time on the really good friendships that have been made. Either they started before the show or they formed on the show. But it is nice watching two people like really get along and have fun. It is. It is. And, you know, I'll be curious to see what happens with OC, you know, with Tamara coming back and that kind of relationship between Tamara and Heather and Shannon. And then now it looks like Vicky's kind of in the mix as well. So hopefully that'll kind of bring them back to their roots, I hope. Yeah. I mean, I know what I'm getting when I watch OC. Like, they're going to be a little different than the other. Right franchises to me i (laughs) it's the one i kind of like connect with the least like the issues that they deal with seem so foreign and i know they're so close to la but it just seems like an entirely different world than beverly hills it is it it is you know um, i was actually just in southern california a few weeks ago and we had lunch in la county but pretty far south um i can't remember the name of the beach but it was literally just on the, on the on the county line. And you could just feel the difference there where it actually had kind of the OC show vibe with some of the ladies that were there, some of the guys. I was like, wow, I wouldn't be shocked if like, you know, Kelly like walked in or something, you know, <laughs> I was just like, wow, what a difference. And even like my family noticed and my husband also watches Housewives with me. We actually bonded over um, a Nini gif that I sent him um, when we first met. And he was like, oh, that's my guy with a Nini gif. But even no he noticed. That's when he knew. <laughs> yeah. He knew right then, right then. You know, I sent him a gift back. It was Nini. I don't remember what, what it was. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's so nasty, so rude, or, you know, whatever gift I received oh at the time. Oh, my God. Talk about like, a match made guy. in heaven. That is so funny. That is so yeah. funny that a Nini gift was like how he knew you were the one. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But no, he noticed that he noticed the vibe change too at, at the place we were at close to the OC. So it's, it's a different, uh, different animal. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, some of the problems that are going on in the OC have definitely made their way onto Beverly Hills, especially mm-hmm. as Beverly Hills cast has become more diverse and adding Garcelle mm-hmm. as the first black housewife uh, from Beverly Hills. You had mentioned to me that watching Erica Jane yell at Jack's Garcelle's son was really difficult for you. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really gotten to point of view from like a black man on that so i would love to Mm -hmm. you know hear your thoughts yeah no absolutely you know i i would say it really brought me back to even my childhood where i feel like our society 
forces young black boys to be men. And it, we just expect that they're going to be stronger and be able to withstand more and we can treat them like an adult. And it's not really the same if you look across the board, you know, with other races. And I remember even being a kid and some people saying, oh, you know, you're black, you'll be strong or, you know, you'll get through this or whatever. But then, you know, maybe my friend John was going to the same issue. It was like, oh, how can I help you? What can I do for you? So, you know, this it's just a, a part of our society. But it really triggered me. And, I'm, I, and I know trigger is kind of the buzzword, you know, that people say, especially <laughs> yeah. in Housewives. You know, I don't really use that word very often, but it honestly did trigger me. Um, you know, the way she spoke to him, I mean, she, number one, she just even speak to an adult like that. But I understand she was intoxicated and she just kind of let her, her tongue do some lashing there. But it was just disrespectful. And I just thought, wow, why are you talking to a child like this? And even if he wasn't a child, he doesn't deserve this. He's literally coming to get some flowers for his mom. Like, why would you think it would be okay to tell him to get the F out of here, right? I mean... I was shocked by that. And it, like I said, it, you know, it triggered me. It just made me think, wow, you know, if that was, you know, a, a non-black boy, then, you know, it would have been different. My guess is, you know, and I wonder what it would have been like, you know, would anything have even been said or, you know, would it have been in a nicer tone? Now, I will say, I don't think she was coming from like, a, you know, a bad place or malice intent or anything like that. You know, it was, it was liquor. But just the fact that it came out like that, it was just like, whoa, like this is this is crazy. You know, he is a child. I think he was 14 at the time. And I just thought, wow. I mean, if someone talked to your adult son like that, Erica, how would you respond to that? Right. And it, it kind of was multi layers for me, to be honest. And, you know, when you think about Dorit's reaction, I mean, oh, be quiet. He's coming to get some flowers for his mama. I mean, that's all she said, really. You know, I, I I looked at that and I just thought, I just don't understand. Did you not see? Like, did you not hear that? You're there. That 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 was that was pretty bad. It was pretty low. And I mean, Crystal, I thought was the only one that did the right thing and really trying to usher him out of there because of the situation. And she just probably thought, wow, you know, it doesn't matter what color it is, really. Like this is just not a good spot for a 14 year old to be in. And I thought Garcelle handled that better than most people would have, right? And I think a part of that was she didn't really see what happened. She didn't see the tone. She didn't see Jax's reaction. You could tell he was genuinely bothered. And, and you know, I don't, I don't want to say hurt. I can't speak to that for him. But he was definitely shocked and taken aback by that and, and you know, kind of rattled where you could just see it in the space. And it, it just, it, it continued to, to snowball for me because when I saw that, um, scene with Kyle and Mo and PK and Dorit and them laughing about it. I mean, none of them had, had seen it other than Dorit and Dorit could have stepped in and said, Hey, you guys, you know what? It was not that, it was not that funny. It was actually pretty bad. And, you know, I should have said more, but now I'm going to, we shouldn't be laughing about this. And, uh, you know, I, I get it. You know, Mo was trying to be funny and, you know, maybe he thought, I, I don't know, maybe he was smoking something like, you know, like, you know, we know he can. So, um, I don't know. I just, I was surprised by Kyle as well, because, you know, she, I mean, you can obviously tell she's a great mother. She really cares about her daughters. And if the tables were turned, I mean, totally. she definitely, yes. her feelings would have just been all twisted and she just, you know, w wouldn't have had that. And so. I'm so glad Garcelle said something to her at the reunion about that. Like, mm -hmm. and she was like, if that were my kid and she's like, but it wasn't. 
it wasn't your kid. You know, and and if it was, we would never hear the end of it. And I'm just like, tell her, like, be real with her, because I don't think she's thinking that way. You know? Yep. No, I agree. And then even even uh, when Erica had said it was talking to Oliver, you know, and making kind of, you know, passes at him, which, you know, it was it was good TV. It was fun. But she had said something about, you know, why don't you call your your baby mama or let me call your baby mama and we can kind of broker a three way. And I just thought, why is it a baby mama? It's actually his wife. But at the time, I don't know if they're still married. I know that there's been some rocky uh, posts lately about that. But baby mama like that to me felt kind of like a microaggression where i just thought oh okay because he's a black guy he's he's got baby mama you know why why couldn't it have been his wife or you know the 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 mother of your children so and again i I don't think she's coming from a bad place it just struck me as a, a microaggression yeah no it was really rough to watch that whole thing and I just feel like I understood where Dorit was coming from because when someone is that inebriated, it never makes sense in my view to be confrontational. But what I had hoped to see was a conversation afterwards about like, you actually crossed a line and that wasn't okay. You know, and I think she tried to do that, but there's no level of accountability, like a serious like, hey, you did something that was incredibly, incredibly wrong. And you just saying you were wrong isn't enough. You actually need to examine the behavior that led you to even get to that place. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And, you know, me and my husband were actually talking about it um, while we were in Vegas over the weekend. And we actually got to meet Oliver at the new Vanderbilt in, uh, in Paris. Way to yeah, bury I'm... the lead. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was gonna. I was gonna tell you, but um, no, we did. We went there for Mike's birthday dinner, and he said, "Gosh, you know, I, hope, I would love to meet Oliver." And I thought, "Oh, it's too random." But okay, I guess we're here. He supposedly works here, and you know, we asked our server, and he said, "Actually, he's working today. Let me go get him for you guys." And so he did, and you know, we talked to him for just a couple minutes. But he was very nice, very polite, very professional, and uh, it was cool to see him there. And actually, you know working. And then I was thinking, Oh, my God, I'm about to talk about your mom <laughs> in a couple of days on a podcast. So, um, oh, so yeah, I love that, cool. that you were able to actually meet him. It's so fun when you go to the restaurants and the people that you see as sort of like side characters on Vanderpump Rules or whatever, that they're actually there. You know, right? It makes yeah. it so much more real. Totally. It, it did. So you didn't ask him anything about what was going on with the drama on Vanderpump Rules and him and Raquel? I didn't because I, you know, I, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, mean, I haven't watched Vanderpump. I haven't watched Vanderpump since like, I don't know, season two or three. Like they kind of lost me there. But uh, no, Mike was going to because I know he kind of watches Vanderpump secretly when I'm not around. And uh, but, you know, we were having some drinks and it was just like, nah, you know, we don't want to bother him while he was working. So. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, well, thanks for sharing all that. I, yeah, it was very, very disappointing to watch Erica's behavior and everyone just kind of laughing. But, you know, with the Mo situation, I truly think he was trying to be, like, sarcastic. Like, he has a weird sense of humor, and it doesn't always land. 
I feel like. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. I do. Like when he was like, I think it was great. Like that's so over the top (laughs) that it to me obviously (laughs) read as a joke, but it was just like, oh, this is all in poor taste. Like, you know, it's just not funny stuff. All right. I really want to dive into Potomac with you because oh god absolutely what the hell is going on how long did it take like how many minutes of an episode were ashley and candace on good terms before it oh my god (laughs) i think it was uh, i don't know maybe 37 minutes but (laughs) (sighs) it was crazy so you know since i was out of town i had to catch up so i was watching all the way through last night i watched back-to-back episodes and oh i uh, I thought this last episode was amazing. I think the episode before to me was a little bit sleepy. It seemed kind of like a filler episode, but this one definitely picked up and they hit their stride. Oh my gosh. Is the okay, I need someone to fact check me on this, but was this the first time that Ashley had been invited to Candace's house again for a beverage since the butter knife incident? <laughs> I, I think it is. Okay. I think it is. <laughs> I offered her a beverage. Like, that's one of my favorite <laughs> lines of all time. That is so right? funny to me. Candace is so funny to me. Um, she is. She's such a wordsmith. I mean, she's she very is. smart. And she just, uh, yeah, she's got the one-liners and the zingers. I love her. She's great for the show. I felt like that chat that they had in the beginning was very foreshadowing of a bunch of things to come like number one Ashley being seen with a hockey player and now she's with dating Luke who is a hockey player Um, but also the rumors that they mentioned about Karen because it seems like they're going to keep getting brought up based on the trailer have you heard these rumors at all since season one I mean I feel like uh Sharice kind of mentioned it, maybe even in the season two reunion, if I recall. Oh, season um, two. Said, okay. When she brought up the blue eyes. Um, I think that was the season two reunion. And I feel like Giselle kind of intimated that in the past, especially last season when they were at Wendy's party. Um, when, you know, she said, I know stuff about you, but, you know, I'm not going to share it now. I'm going to kind of, you know, piecemeal it to you. I think Giselle maybe even been speaking about karen and this you know blue eyes or whomever you know she supposedly has you know seen on the side wow it's it's really something and then the other thing i felt they were sort of breaking the fourth wall like like sort of but not actually by acknowledging with one another that giselle plots storylines in advance yes and honestly even in my notes i just i'm like Giselle, where where's your own storyline? You know, right. it, it was great to see her with her daughters, like that scene, and you know, the nail salon that was super cute. But after that, I thought, well, we don't know anything about your life. Like, are, are you dating? How are your businesses doing? What happened to every hue? <laughs> I mean, there's so many things, so many questions. Where I'm like. You you have a story like what what about you know Jamal and his you know multiple baby mamas? I mean I think he's coming up on 
you know, Nick Cannon. And again, yes, I use baby mamas myself. So, I, you know, I, I, I take ownership of that myself, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nick Cannon really does, because I think someone last week announced that they were having their like his 11th child. And then someone this I think week announced the 12th now. now. Yeah. One I week apart. That. <laughs> That's crazy. Crazy. I also just wonder who's sleeping with him at this point. Oh my god! And I mean, I don't know if these people just want some child support checks. He doesn't have that much what? money, you know. Well, I don't know. He might have gotten a lot from Mariah. You know that uh, alimony may have, you know, may still be going on. Who knows? Oh my god! For all those kids, ugh. I mean, yeah. Raising child's expensive. <laughs> I know. That's why. That's why we don't have any kids. You know, I'd rather watch Housewives and travel. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I would want to find out more about Giselle as well, and I think. I don't know. I worry that maybe she thinks that she's not enough on her own, so she has to keep like bringing up other people's business. But I think she's interesting and like. I like her friendship with Robin. I like her relationship Mm -hmm. with Ashley. I feel like she's good enough on her own and she just needs to, I don't know, get the confidence that she is. I feel like she's worried she wouldn't be on the show if she didn't keep bringing all this drama. I don't know, Mandy. I I, I think she's got the confidence. You know, I think to me, she's, you know, she's, she's overflowing with confidence. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think it has something to do with her feeling like she's a ghost producer. Yeah. And I feel like maybe production has put a lot of uh, weight on her to kind of push story along, which we, you know, every show needs that. So I appreciate that. But I also think it has a lot to do with Jamal, her ex and, you know, kind of the rumblings of the church and everything that's going around in Atlanta. So I don't know. It makes me feel like maybe she's not wanting to unbury those those skeletons or bones because a lot could potentially be exposed. I mean, obviously, Monique, you know, during multiple seasons, you know, mentioned things um, about Jamal. So I, I don't know. I feel like it, it makes me think she's trying to hide stuff. I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? You know, she's definitely trying to hide stuff, but I I don't know how much of it is to protect Jamal as much as to protect her daughters and also to protect the church. Like, I I think she feels very close to the congregations that he has led. And, you know, someone can be a really good preacher and not a particularly good man or family man, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And those things can be true at the same time. But... I don't know. I, I'm almost like she doesn't have to talk about Jamal all the time. Like that's how we were introduced to her. But what is she now without him? Right? Like, what is she doing? You know, I don't know yeah, with her like, life. What, <laughs> but, but, like, like, you know, she has to be dating. I mean, not just because she's gorgeous, but she's also smart and she's on a TV show. So people recognize her. So she has to be dating. I mean, l- let's talk about who she's dating. And, you know, again, every hue, that was a storyline for a couple of seasons. Whatever happened to that? I mean, I know that maybe it was season three or four reunion. I think Karen brought it up. And um, I believe Giselle said, oh, we're having production issues or something like that. And then it just never came up again. Yeah, supply chain issues before the supply chain issues. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The foreshadowing there, I guess. Or maybe, you know, she just uh, clairvoyant. Who knows? 
Well, what I hope wasn't foreshadowing was watching Robin speak with the lawyer about a prenup. I think she's very smart to do this, but it was so awkward to have the lawyer say, was infidelity, is that like a concern of yours? Like, have you guys had issues with that before? I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like, this this is, this is could go off the, the rails, that's for sure. Um, you know, honestly, I, I like seeing Robin go to the attorney. I mean, it made me think, okay, I mean, she's smart. Obviously, you know, it's part of the, her story. Um but I don't know about you, Mandy, but I really feel like Robin is clocked in this entire season. Me too. And I don't know what it is, but something is activated in her. And I may not agree with everything she's done so far this season, but I, I like to see her engaged and activated. I mean, she's great. I'm like, where is this Robin then? Why, why, where have you been for seven seasons? Like, why is it taking this long? I feel like the situation with Wendy, there's something that went on between them and the show where I think Robin feels like Wendy is being inauthentic and it's pissing her off. It reminds me of, and you haven't been watching Vanderpump Rules since the early seasons, but as new people were brought on, some of the older like folks would get frustrated when they would really show everything about themselves and how they really felt all the time. And then other people would come in and try and only show a segment of who they are. And I feel like Wendy what is guilty of trying to show just segments of who she are, ra- who she is rather than like her whole self. And you can get away with that maybe one season, maybe two, not three. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, you know, I agree, but I also think that, I mean, you know, obviously they, they filmed so many hours and, you know, cutting it to 42 minutes a week, you know, they're taking out a lot. And I don't know, I feel like the sides that we're seeing of, of Wendy has is, is all been there. And I just remind myself that, you know, when she first came on three seasons ago, I mean, she had just had her daughter. And, you know, uh, everything that happens with having a kid, I don't know. So, I you know, I couldn't imagine just the the stress and the emotions and, and just being tired all the time and then wanting to work on herself and her body and then just trying to explore, you know, maybe a different option. I mean, we, we all know she's an overachiever. I mean, with her four degrees, right? So maybe she just thinks, hey, I'm going to keep, you know, hitting on things until something sticks. I don't know. So I, at, a listener reached out to me because I've been really harsh on Wendy because she was my one of my favorites. And then... I really have been frustrated with her season two and now and said, you should really listen to her on Carlos King's podcast because she explains herself without, you know, interruption. And what she was saying was that, you know, I'm a child of immigrants and I've always done things for my mom. All of these things I did were to please her and I wasn't doing things for myself and I'm just now doing things for myself. She also mentioned that she failed out of law school. And when that happened, the family came together and basically decided for her what she was going to do next. And this is going to be a really controversial take. So people don't hate me. <laughs> but Ooh, give it to us. Okay, how okay. When I talked about Erica Jane, the thing I was most frustrated about with Erica, not about the lack of empathy and all that, that was also frustrating, was how who she portrayed herself to be. 
on the five or six seasons before shit went down with her and Tom was a badass boss bitch who did everything on her own, who wrote her own checks, who like knew what was going on with money. Like it's our money, she would always say. And then we find out that actually she's not a boss bitch. She was 100% reliant on this man. She had no idea what was going on or she's telling us she had no idea. Like it was a completely, it was as Dorit said, the diametrical opposite of who she claimed to be. And I don't think it's as severe with Wendy, but she did act like, I've got four degrees, address me correctly, my name is Dr. Wendy, you know, and she seemed really proud of that and really into the political commentary and that she was sure of herself and she kind of spoke down sometimes to others, which I didn't mind. I thought they deserved it. But then all of a sudden she's trying to tell us that actually I just did things because people told me to. I didn't have a mind of my own until I got on the show. And I'm just exploring things almost like a little child to try and figure out what my interests are. That feels like it's not how she came on the show and how she spoke about herself. And nothing frustrates me more than someone being inauthentic about like the core of who they are and what they're dealing with on these shows. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And uh, I don't know. I, I just think about her first season. Like you, I, I really enjoyed her. Um, her last season. It was kind of like, who is this? And I understood where Robin and Giselle were coming from, right? When they were just like, this is not who we met, you know, a year ago, who is this person? And then just kind of the start so far this season. I mean, I'm enjoying her a little bit more so far this season outside of the, this Nigerian lounge that she supposedly wants to open with Peter Thomas. Um, I, I don't know, though. I, I do feel like it takes, you know, a lot of these housewives quite a few seasons before we see their true selves. And I mean, I honestly go back and think about Countess Luann and I mean, how many seasons did it really take for us to know Countess Luann or Luann really or Lou these days? I mean, I love her now. When the the first five or six or seven seasons of of New York, I mean, I just was like, who is this person? And so I don't know. I I think I'm going to give Wendy another shot this season and hopefully she kind of wins over some of us. Um, But, you know, time will tell. I feel like she's at least owed the rest of the season to, to... to, oh, to yeah. show us that she you know, needs to be on the show, which I think she's great for the show, to be honest. And so. I don't think she necessarily should be off the show just because I think she's inauthentic. Or she has been okay. inauthentic at times. This doesn't mean I want like when I don't like something, it doesn't mean I like want the person off the show or have any sort of like negative whatever towards them. I'm just, I guess, disappointed because I thought she was one way. And I would have rather her come in and been like, I have been trying to please my mom my whole life. She will never be pleased enough. I've done everything I'm supposed to. I'm married. I had at least a boy and a girl. Like that was why she had a third child, because you have to have a boy and a girl, she said, in Nigerian culture. Mm. Um, You know, you have to have a high degree. Like she did all the things. And like now I'm trying to figure out what I want. 
that would have been an introduction to her that was probably more accurate that I would have like been like, okay, cool, like figure it out, you know? But that's not how she introduced herself. And she was just so intense about who she was that now that she's like being like, what are you talking about? You know, to Robin and stuff, like as if she wasn't a completely different person. It's, I don't know. It just feels like you're like putting on a show for the show. Like, which one of these Wendy's are you? <laughs> well, <laughs> well the weird, real we... Wendy Acefa, please stand up because I want to exactly. like her. Give me a person to like. Exactly. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll find out this season, or you know, maybe she'll just be a, a you know, kind of a flip flopper each season. <laughs> right. And she'll come in with a new storyline each season that's manufactured, and we'll just you know, we'll be like rolling our eyes during her scenes. But I, I will say though, I did like the scene, you know, with her. And Ashley and Karen and the Tulip Farm. Yes. It was nice seeing the three of them and their dynamic. I was pretty surprised by it. I thought it seemed natural. It seemed like they, you know, really were, you know, pseudo friends. And it was nice to see Wendy in a different environment, not around Giselle or Robin. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think they're definitely like softer aspects to her personality and when she's around them she for whatever reason feels the need to be combative but they also do right like robin has been super combative so it's like maybe robin started it and wendy's just responding but whatever it is it's too much (laughs) it's too much energy (laughs) like robin freaking out at this burn session was a bit like a step too far that she had like to go back to the sprinter van and take deep breaths like what like, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I will say, though, Mandy, I enjoyed it, though. I, I I like seeing Robin activated. And even, you know, I agree with you as far as her leaving and everything. I was like, okay, this is, this is over the top. But then secretly, I was like, this is great because this is actually giving us story and it's giving us more, you know, aspects and, and facets of Robin that we just really haven't seen consistently you know, throughout the seven seasons. And also, she's kind of been a, I don't want to say a background player, but, you know, she's never really had her her storyline kind of pushed forward. And so, hey, if this gets her more camera time and we get to know her a little bit more or a different side of Robin, I'm here for it. I just wish they were able to say what they were really pissed at each other for, because I think it has to do with Wendy being like, according to Robin, sort of two-faced, acting one way when filming is happening and completely different when the filming is cut. And I'm not just talking about that, like, little throwaway line she had about Mia, like, lying about cancer, but there must be something else. Like, it has to, it, it must be something that Robin is perceiving. Whether or not it's there, she's perceiving someone being completely fake, and that seems to piss her off. It does. And, and hopefully it comes out in the season or, you know, on, maybe at the reunion, they'll be able to dive deeper. But yeah, I agree with you, though. I, I feel like there is something else there that we're just not seeing. It's hard when these women get in arguments and it's about stuff that's like related to the show. And yet they're arguing about something completely different. And so it confuses the audience. 
And I feel like that's happening on Salt Lake, but we're not there yet. Oh, yes. Yes, I've got some notes on that. (laughs) So want to get your your thoughts on Ashley at the very end of the episode, just (laughs) throwing gasoline on a fire by saying Mm -hmm. she bringing up allegations about a friend of hers who said Chris Bassett was flirting with her at the spring fling event, despite footage showing no such thing. And she did say this was brought to her recently, meaning the day before when she was hanging out with Candace in Candace's dining room, that she didn't actually know this. It it all seems like a little bullshit, but it was wild to me when her whole tone was like, it don't feel good when it's you, huh? Like, as if getting back at Candace for the stuff Candace said about her husband, as if it's even remotely on the same level. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that was just crazy to me, to be honest. I mean, it, you know, as we were saying before, I, I actually really enjoyed Ashley and Candace's scene at the beginning. And, you know, they, they do have a lot in common. Um, you know, they were in the pageant scene together. Um, they're both in, or, you know, were in interracial relationships or are. And so I, I think there's a lot there. And, of course, they're around a the similar age. So it, I was really disappointed in Ashley at the end, you know, when she was really trying to, throw Chris under the bus and also, you know, just adding fuel to the, the flames and the fire there, you know, with Candace. And I, I was taken aback by it because I just thought, where is this coming from? Can we at least get a couple of episodes of you guys together as kind of a duo? Because I know people were saying that, you know, on social, like, oh, you know, I'm here for the Ashley Candace, you know, team up. And wow. I mean, uh, you know, 37 minutes later, it, it, it's up in flames. And, you know, I can only imagine where it's going to continue to go. So I, I'm disappointed in Ashley. You know, I, I feel like if there was any kind of authentic connection between them, as it looked to be earlier, you know, in that scene the day before, it would have been nice just to either, you know, tell Candace kind of one-on-one, like, hey, this is what happened, even if it's on camera, right? This is, you know, what happened. This is what my friend's telling me about Chris. Um, this is what Mia saying, even though what Mia said did not happen from, you know, from the footage that would have been to me more respectable instead of just, Hey, let me just throw it out there. Yeah, it definitely felt like, okay, this is a gang up. They're trying to paint Chris a certain way. The one interesting thing about can about Ashley that is so unusual is that when people come to her and are like, your husband is a predator, he is grabbing people without their consent. She's like, okay, I'm hearing what you're saying. Like, she's super calm about it. And then, like, she doesn't get mad, right? That people are telling her things. And maybe that's because she knows them to be true deep down. Whereas, like, Candace is like, I'm going to defend my man because I know it's not true. But... I think Ashley is being real when she is connecting with Candace and she's being messy for a show when she is talking crap about Chris Bassett. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that, but I still feel like, Hey, if you've been in a similar situation, which she has, you know, with all the rumors around, not, you know, I don't know if they're founded or not, but all of the allegations around Michael and now you want to flip the tables. Yeah. Maybe you think it feels good, but she should also be able to see Candace's side and, you know, show some empathy too as well. Right. And say, Hey, yeah. gosh, I've been there too. So 
I don't want my friend or my castmate to go through the same thing, especially since uh, they're not even close to the same situation. And I mean, honestly, I, the, the vibes I get from Chris are being above board from just, you know, the time I see on camera and even, you know, some of the social posts and everything. I mean, he really does seem like a good guy and he, he really loves his wife. And so, you know, whereas obviously with Michael Darby, you know, it's been different. You know, we've all seen the pictures and, you know, Ashley had said things have happened. And so it's funny to me how Ashley and Giselle are trying to constantly paint Michael and Jamal as good fathers and stand up men who they are no longer with, but they will sort of defend them as being good people. But based on what we know as the audience, we're never going to feel that way. And they seem to constantly both be constructing a narrative that seems very different from the facts. (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, Giselle, like he was not a good partner to you. And he, uh, you're saying he's a good father? Sure. I don't know. He lives in a completely different state. Like it... It is what it is, you know? I I don't know how often he sees those girls and what his relationship is with them. We have to take their word for it. Michael, you never really see him interacting with the kids on the camera. All of this is just what we know from watching, which may not be a full picture, which probably isn't a full picture. But it's just weird to me that they keep trying to, like, talk to the audience about how great their exes are. I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier, though. They're both trying to protect their kids and, you know, they're trying to overcompensate, right, for their ex's indiscretions and, and, you know, life that's happened off the camera and, on you know, on pictures and on social and, you know, obviously babies and all kind of things have happened, uh, you know, to Giselle, so... I don't know. I think it's overcompensating, but I also think, like you said earlier, they're trying to protect their children and, you know, trying to force it on the audience. But I mean, we can only go by what we've seen on camera and on social and things. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's nowhere, it's nowhere close to what they're saying. And we've seen Michael be creepy on camera. Like we've seen it and we haven't seen that from Chris. So the audience will make its own conclusions, you know? I don't think this is going how Giselle thought it would. No, I agree with you on that. But I also think that uh, I wonder if her and Ashley, well, clearly I've had conversations about Chris, but it seems like, you know, this was maybe on their storyboard together. Mm Because, I mean, Robin is like, hey, this is you guys are crazy. Like, Chris is cool. Like, you know, she stood up for Chris, which it was really nice to see. And her, you know, go against Giselle and say, you know, I don't agree with you. But um, I don't know. It just it seems like it's a storyboard idea for, you know, for both Giselle and Ashley. And, you know, I guess we'll see, you know, if it lasts the rest of the season or, you know, if if it's not going to, you know, get life anymore after the next couple episodes. Because they've been moving pretty quick on Potomac. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we we haven't stayed too long on uh, one issue. So we'll see. We shall see. Shall we head over to Salt Lake? Burr, it's cold. Let's go to Salt Lake. Oh, my God. If you could choose one of the women on the show that was acting like a Giselle with a storyboard, could you even find one? 
Oh my God, Manny, that's a great question. Oh my God. Uh, no, but <laughs> I, I could say maybe Lisa would, you know, not have a storyboard, but she's a little more calculated, uh, a little bit more, uh, she's more aware of the cameras. Um, yeah. Well, clearly not that hot mic moment, <laughs> but um, you know, whereas some of the other women, it's like a camera on or off or whatever. I mean, they're just whack jobs, which is it's it's fun to see. It is wild. I feel like each of them are trying to do something, but none of them are in cahoots with one another, and it's just total chaos. Oh my god! I mean, so what are your thoughts on this? The, the start of the last episode around Heather's. The, this choir situation like what is the storyline like what i love it it is it's the so most whack. wacky but hilarious thing that i have seen in a very long time like this could only happen on salt lake city right and i'm like what what is this and it's it's so fun to watch but i mean angie harrington what is her deal? I am so confused that she's back. They've made her a friend again. Like, there's something there. Because if she was, I think she was cast to be a full housewife last season. I think it was between her and Jenny. And, you know, they gave it to Jenny over her. And maybe there were some production issues. And they ended up kind of cutting her out kind of halfway through the season. But she's back. And, you know, she stirred up drama and things. But she still didn't get a snowflake. So... I, I'm kind of perplexed by that because, you know, you don't see that very often. I mean, either you work out as a friend or you work out as a friend and you become a full-time housewife or you're just done. But to kind of keep you around, I don't, I, I just, like I said, I'm really perplexed about it. What, what are your thoughts on Angie and kind of what happened with her cast and everything or casting? I have no idea what happened with her, but I do feel like they're putting Angie H, Angie K, and D- is it Dana? Dana? A Dana, Dana. Dana. Yeah. All up again. They're all like trying out to get a snowflake. That's what I think is happening. And so that's why the Friends of are bringing more energy and drama than the actual housewives themselves. Mm, Yeah, that's a good take on it. And also, Angie's husband, or Angie Harrington's husband. I mean, the Insta account. Uh, Shaw exposed and all that. I mean, that is just crazy. I can't believe a husband (laughs) would get involved like that. I can believe that because if they are so thirsty to be on the show, people will do anything. What I have been looking into this, and please, anyone who's listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the Shaw exposed account only made one comment on Instagram period. And that comment was very disparaging towards Lisa Barlow, but did not mention Jen Shaw. So Jen Shaw getting so upset about the Shaw exposed account as if it's going after her family, that account never posted anything negative to my knowledge. And I am, (laughs) you can correct me if I'm wrong, that is totally fine. But to my knowledge, never said anything negative about Jen. Other accounts did. But I don't think that one did. Yeah, I, I didn't see any either. And it, it, during the episode, too, multiple times, they kept mentioning the Shaw Exposed 
was making disparaging comments about Lisa. And not once did anyone say it was about Jen too. So you're right on that. I, I it's just strange. Um, you know, Jen's reaction. Well, you know what? No, Jen's reaction is not strange. We've all seen her um, over the years, and you know, her blowing up about something that may not even be about her, which seems like it's not, other than her name usage. Uh, you know, it's not surprising to me. Me neither. And she just always has to be a victim in a situation. Like people are coming after her. And this was the first time that I saw Coach Shaw really like building up this narrative of her being a victim and other people coming at them. I hadn't seen that before. And I really didn't like it with him being like, you know, which what's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back insinuating that hateful comments on Instagram could cause Jen to harm herself, which is very like a very scary and real thing. And I understand that. But then I don't know, like, I, I, I don't know what it's like to be married to Jen Shah, but like, couldn't you <laughs> then help your wife get off social media? It's not in her interest at this point. She is facing federal charges and she is trying to defend herself in court. The worst thing you can do is put crap out there on social media for the prosecution to use against you. Don't give them anything. Just literally go dark on Instagram and Twitter. Don't say anything. And then that way you're not seeing these nasty comments. I, right. I, I, I think know. a lot of people had, had a lot of people had mentioned that on social too. You know, why why is she expending so much energy trying to defend herself when I mean, let's be honest, I mean, you know, she she pled guilty and it's really for me making it hard to watch her this season because She's going, you know, saying, I'm not guilty, I'm not guilty. And clearly she's going to do this the entire season. But then, you know, she pled guilty. And so that that scene with Coach Shaw, to me, I just thought, oh, my God, I want like, this is making me sick. Because, like you said, I had had not seen that kind of energy from him before. You know, he'd always been pretty even keeled and trying to, you know, calm down Jen. So to see him... Like kind of hyper up, up that way. Yeah, I didn't yeah, like it. I, thought, I didn't I like, like it. This is weird. And he's almost taking it as this Instagram account went after them, but there's no evidence that it did. So like, I felt like he was almost insinuating that Angie Harrington and her husband could have caused Jen to hurt herself. That's what I took from what he was saying in his like in his scene, and that felt. Not great. And then... No, it didn't. I and agree like, with what you. did we like, do to crazy. them? What did we do to anyone? It's like, well, you stole from old people. And you right? took people's life savings. And you ran away with the money. And you spent it on bullshit. Right. Exactly. You know? Oh, yeah. It's weird also seeing Jen be upset with Heather because Heather made the most sense when she's like, yeah, Jen's upset because she's facing these charges and may go away to prison for a long time. Not because of this like Finsta account. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm I like, know, yep. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. I just, yeah. I, I, it's just going to be a really rough season of watching Jen. And, you know, uh, hopefully we can all get through it. I mean, you know, obviously we'll be tuning in watching, but I, I don't know. I wonder how Bravo is going to react 
you know, towards the latter part of the season and how they're going to show her guilty plea. And is she even going to be at the reunion? No. You know, I mean, I don't believe she'll be at the reunion. It sounds like Bravo cut tight with her. I mean, she was, you know, disinvited from BravoCon and, you know, still showed up, which is just wild. Um, You know, you should be spending time with your kids and your family if you're about to go to prison for, you know, 15 years or however long she could be, you know, sentenced for. Why are you at BravoCon talking about your innocence? I mean, come on, lady. Like, I actually enjoyed Jen Shaw before, you know, her, her guilty plea. And, you know, honestly, was kind of a... Uh, a, a hype man for her, right? You know, people would say, oh, she's guilty. I'm like, no, she's not. You know, like, we have to wait until it's proven in the court of law and all that. And now I'm just eating crow, you know? It, <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it's sad. <laughs> I, I know things have to be proven in a court of law, but the, like, Southern District of New York and federal prosecutors, to begin with, don't bring charges like this when there's not something there. And uh, like these types of charges. And then all the other people involved wouldn't plead guilty unless there was something there, right? So exactly. It's like as soon as Stewart pled guilty, well, at first, just because as soon as she got the charges, I was like, she did it. Of course she did it. You know, like, (laughs) do you know how hard it is to build a federal case and to get a wiretap? like approval from a judge and to get the approval to bring NYPD all the way out to Utah and to get the Homeland Security like team right. involved to get a SWAT team. Like that, right. You have to have so much evidence to get all of those things done. I just trust what our federal prosecutors do, especially when it comes to white collar crime. Right. No, I, I agree. And, you know, I think I was it was wishful thinking on, on my part and wanting to, you know, believe her innocence, even though clearly, you know, she she wasn't there was something there. Right. With, with her smoke, there's fire. And, you know, the, all the other defendants were dropping like flies. So it was you know, bound to happen. Yeah, it was. Um, Got to get your thoughts on Whitney. How are you feeling about watching her blossoming friendship with Lisa Barlow and kind of like the downfall of her friendship with Heather? Gosh, her and Lisa, I was unsure about at first, you know, because obviously with their past, I'm like, is this real or is this just for the show? Is this just an alliance? Because, you know, Lisa doesn't have any friends at the moment. Um, I think that has something to do with it. Um, but I also think uh, Whitney's energy this season is just, it, it's, it, it hasn't been for me. You know, I haven't been vibing with her. I understand she's going through a lot and, you know, she's opening up. And, you know, I appreciate that she is just, you know, open, uh, butts and wide open with information. And she, you know, she lets the cameras in and, and she lets us in as an audience into her real life. But, her energy, I don't know what it is, but it's just, I'm not feeling her this season. And with, you know, with Whitney and Heather, it's sad. It honestly is. I mean, you know, they're cousins. Granted, it sounds like, you know, they found out pretty much uh, shortly before filming commenced at the beginning of the show. But they really had, a. it seemed like a really good friendship and a good foundation. And, yeah. you know, it's always sad to see those genuine friendships you know crumble on housewife shows i mean we've seen it so many times right in every city we could talk about that happening 
Um, I honestly just, I, I thought Heather and Whitney would last longer. And I, I think there, there's something else that that's to the story that we're not getting between Heather and Whitney. There's something else there happening because okay. just the emotion, all that, mm-hmm. there's, there's something there that we're just not seeing. We're not so getting. there have been like rumblings and there is no evidence to back this up, right? That Heather has let her popularity on the show go to her head and that she's not as kind as she comes across on the show. And I wonder if like how she can turn and be really harsh. If Whitney's starting to be like, you're not being your true self. You're like showing this like one part of you but you're actually almost like putting on a show maybe. But then I think Heather thinks that about Whitney. Like, I think they both think each other isn't being like fully themselves or something. Something, but I don't know. I I feel like there's still something deeper there. Something that happened, you know, off camera or in between filming that we're just not getting the full story because I, I, it, it seems like based on the, the trip in, to Arizona, you know, I could see where Whitney was coming from and how hurt she would be with Heather's response. But ultimately, I think, you know, having a conversation to kind of walk that through, I would think her and Heather would be able to get on, on good terms again, especially, you know, with the strength of their relationship or <laughs> what it seemed like, right? Um, so that's why I'm like, there, there's something, there's something else there, deeper, um, you know, maybe... Maybe it is jealousy, too, with, you know, popularity with fans. I mean, you know, clearly Heather is a, a fan favorite. But we've also, we've also seen Heather not in a good light, too. I mean, you remember the season one reunion? I mean, she was... Oh, she was awful. I, I was surprised. Yeah, she was pretty nasty to everybody. And so I was surprised by that. But then, you know, came back next season and, you know, she's, uh, you know, uh, angelic again, you know. But I just there's something there and I, and I hope we get it this season because I would love to, to really hear what happened and hopefully they're able to repair. But I mean, it sounds like even girls trip with them was messy and then also BravoCon. So it's clearly still going on right now. Yeah, it's tough. I can see both their sides in a way. Like I think Whitney messed up when, Heather and her were talking for the first time after Arizona when they were on the ski trip and they were sort of like, Hey, we like agree to like disagree. Maybe you didn't hear this when Angie said it, like all that. But then Whitney said something to the effect of I'm going to need more time. Right. Like to get over this. She did. And then, okay. If I was Heather, I'd be like, oh, wow, like this is deep for her. I'll give her some space. So then Heather gave her some space. And then Whitney's like, well, now you're not checking in with me. And it's like, you just said you needed time, you know? Uh, So I, I, but at the same time, right. I also think um, that Whitney should be able to bring concerns to Heather without Heather exploding. Agreed. Agreed. But for me, I sometimes I feel like Whitney just seems so childlike. And even when she was bringing her feelings over to Heather, I, I just felt like you sound like a 14 year old, you know, rather than I, don't know, I think she's 40. Um, 
I don't know. It just it just seems odd. Something. I think off. she could have phrased it better, right? And I think she sometimes gets intimidated because Heather is better with her words, which Heather said. And I think Whitney was like, hey, listen, this really tough thing happened in my life, and I didn't hear from you. And then when Heather was like, I didn't know that happened, Whitney turned it into, well, that shows that you're not, like, you haven't been a close friend because you didn't know what happened, rather than being like, oh, okay, that's why you didn't call. You know, now that you know, can you please be there for me? Like, that would have been (laughs) a completely different response rather than... I think Whitney sometimes tries to make her point and then like the other person gets it and then she keeps going in a way that feels like, why are you trying to make this worse? Like, I get what you're telling me, (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah, no, exactly. But Heather, she really got nasty with Whitney really quickly. And Whitney was kind of like, this is sort of what happens when she, you know, hears something that she doesn't want to hear. Like, she goes real nasty on you. And that was, I don't know. It was really, I mean, her, she says, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> her getting up and, and storming into whatever room that was and slamming the door. And I mean, obviously, the crew was there. She's in your house. I'd be like, uh, I would have been like, get the F out of my house. You know, we're done right now. I wouldn't, like, lock myself in a room in my own house. It's so weird. But... Yeah, even with her body language, while you know Whitney was talking to her, it was just, ooh, ooh. I was like, wow, this is this is crazy. Like, what's going on here? Like, ooh, yeah. I, I was I was a bit shocked when she got up and slammed the door. So mm. it's as if you know we all have friends that it's hard to bring them something that they don't want to hear, whether especially if it's about themselves. Like, hey, when you do this, like it's not well received. Um. It, I'm starting to think Heather is that person that you can't bring something that she doesn't want to hear at that moment. I do, but I also think maybe it just depends on the relationship rather, because I feel like if Jen Shaw brought this to Heather, I think she'd react very differently. Well, or Jen I feel did like- say like, I think you're not being a good friend to me because you're mm-hmm. not 100% backing me. And Heather's like, no, I am being a good friend. And this isn't that big of a deal. And just get over it kind of a thing. So I the the one thing that I will say is that all the stuff that happened with Lisa and Heather saying, oh, Lisa texted me after my dad died. And Lisa being like, I need to clear my name. <laughs> that was horrible. Like, oh, my God. Did you catch the horrible. fact that, that Heather... I'm not sure if she intentionally said this. I think she didn't know it. She said it. But the very end, when her and Whitney were talking, she said, you know, that Lisa did text her, like, what, two days before her dad died. She said that she did, or Heather said Lisa didn't, but Lisa did. And she goes, the lie is, I said Lisa didn't, but she did. And I I had to rewind it a couple times, and I was like, wait. That was so, the lie, but it wasn't an intentional right. lie, right? right. I was the, like, Wait, the problem what? wasn't that Lisa did or didn't text. It was the content of the text. That's what I thought was the problem. You do not send a text when someone is dying. I hope your dad's doing, feeling better. That is like, I would rather have someone not reach out to me at all than do that. That is the worst 
most toxic positivity when someone is actively in hospice dying. You do not need to hear someone like who doesn't understand death. Right. Yeah, like, I agree 100%. That, I, would, I would flip out. And I would flip out too. I would completely flip out if someone, as my parent was actively dying, texted me, I hope they're feeling better. Because that I, but I feel like Lisa Barlow is really immature and emotionally immature. Like she doesn't get why that's bad. She's like, you said I didn't text until he died, but I texted before he died. And it's like, that's actually not the problem, Lisa. The problem was that you said, I hope he feels better. And he was in hospice. And so when I heard that, it made me feel worse because he's never going to feel better. Right. Yeah. But that's absolutely. But Heather's not explaining herself. She thinks it should be self-explanatory, but when people haven't experienced the death of an immediate family member or like a super close, like if they haven't been part of that, people don't get how sensitive it is and how hard it is. Oh gosh, you're you're right on with that. I mean, it's so hard and I agree with you. I think that Heather could definitely communicate that a little bit better but at the same time too i mean it's still really emotional i mean she's still talking about her dad who you know just passed right still i mean it's still pretty fresh right right and maybe that's kind of clouding it a bit and then when whitney said you know i can see why lisa wanted to defend herself you know that was a step too far like if you are friends with heather and if you understand death which whitney may not that's okay. A lot of people, like, God bless you, haven't experienced the death of a close loved one. And I am super jealous <laughs> of all those people. Yeah, tell me about you know? it. Yeah, right. But yeah. Um, it's like, there's no right thing to say, but there's a whole lot of wrong things to say. <laughs> right? That's and what you, I tell people. saying a lot of the wrong things. And right? people are saying all the wrong things. There's just like certain things that every single person that has experienced a loss does not want to hear or most people don't want to hear, you know? And so uh, this whole, like, Lisa's not in the right for making this about, like, I'm clearing my name. Who gives a fuck about your name? Someone is dead. Right, exactly. I I thought the same thing. You know know what one name we have not mentioned during the last 20 minutes in Salt Lake? Meredith. Meredith. Uh, the bathtub scene, I like, we can't. never have a bathtub scene. I can't, I'm over it. it it's been done so many times. I, I don't want to see a bathtub scene and I don't want to hear about a toe in your taint or, you know, whatever. It, it's just, it's played out. And I don't know if, if Meredith is just, you know, I don't know. She's not clocking in these last couple episodes, but it's like a bathtub scene. Never again. Housewives. Don't do bathtub scenes. We don't want to see them anymore. They're played out. Although I did love the bathtub scene when it was just her in the bathtub in Vail. Oh, yes. Oh, that I love was that. the best. That was very like, that was very like, like <laughs> Dynasty Joan Collins, just, you know, sitting in her bathtub with bubbles and champagne. That was, no, that was amazing. That I'm here for. But the, the couple's bathtub scene, that's, it, it's too much. It was. It was. It was a bit much. I think what's funny is Meredith started this whole like train wreck of a season by saying, "I know rumors about Lisa that she cheated on her spouse and her business, whatever is like she's got some shady business deals and like that kind of like got a lot of things moving." And then once it got moving, she totally stepped away. 
<laughs> she did because I was like, she is clocking in. She is here for the first few, what, first two or three episodes. She was dropping bombs. She was confrontational. She didn't care. And now it's like, okay, what happened? Are you just, is it your time of the year where you're just like, oh, you know, I'm just going to step back a bit, get in my bubble bath with Beth and then let the other girls do the work. I'm like, hopefully someone pushes a button so we can get an activated Meredith because I'm here for her when she's activated. I think she brings a lot to the show. Um, but when she's not, it's just like you kind of forget she's there, which is, you know, you don't want to forget about one of the main housewives. Right. No, I, I agree. I'm excited for next week. I saw the preview of where she's friends with Dana, and it sounds like Dana is the only person that is talking sense about Jen Shaw. Oh, my so. God. Yes. <laughs> I cannot wait. And it looks like Dana is going to bring us some, some big energy. Hopefully it sustains through the rest of the season. But let, let's see this, this Dana chick and what I she mean, brings. These women are tiptoeing around Jen Shaw. Like, I've never seen a tiptoe. When you act like, oh, all the women on Beverly Hills are tiptoeing around Erica, at least people are acknowledging and talking about it as if, I don't know, with Jen Shaw, it's this whole, like, they've all drank the Kool-Aid. They're all, you know, holding the same They're scared of her. They're They're scared of her. She's terrifying. Yeah, they're scared of her, which is, I'm like, (laughs) what is she really going to do to you? I mean... She, she ain't got no money to do anything to you, you know? So well, I don't know what you're scared for. And ultimately, I mean, she pled guilty. But even if it went to trial and they found her guilty, I mean, it still would come out that you were still in the right when you were going against her saying, hey, she's guilty or, you know, things are not right. But uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, the whole being scared of her just doesn't make any sense. It's like a I, lot of people. I think she, I mean, we, we've seen the videos of her throwing things at, assistants Mm -hmm. and people who've Mm -hmm. worked for her you know i think she i could see her getting violent and the other thing is i think she's the kind of person that would come up with fake accounts and go after someone like she is absolutely ruthless i agree and i think i think she would be the one to have one of her you know 15 assistants come up with these 15 fake accounts (laughs) you know (laughs) to to disparage people i yeah she's Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But I, I, I wish she would be at the reunion, to be honest. You know, I'd like to hear her speak after her guilty plea. But, you know, like like you said, I don't think we're going to see that. I don't know if there's anything for her to say because she is always lying every time she opens her mouth. Yeah, true. True that. <laughs> you know, like she's just like even with BravoCon, she's like, trying to dispel the narrative that she wasn't invited like if I, if you don't see me somewhere it's because it wasn't somewhere i was worth going <laughs> oh my God. like I what is like, wrong with you you breath. think yeah, you can right? go up against the nbc universal pr universal? machine right like yeah, who you're the delusional. fuck do you think like, you are <laughs> beyond delusional she, beyond she, she, yeah she takes the cake she takes the cake in housewives that's for sure well, and, she she won't yeah. be eating cake much longer. Right? And she's so manipulative <laughs> that she actually makes people question her own, in, like, her own guiltiness or whatever. Not innocence, but, like, she makes people question everything. It's like, oh, what? Like, because she, she's so strong in what she says that you're like, well, it must be true. No one would state something like that. But she does over and over again. It's like she comes with a, up with a lie in her head that she didn't do anything wrong and that she is being oppressed. 
and that we all need to stand up and fight for her and hashtag free Jen Shaw. But I don't know. It's it's scary to me. I'm I'm afraid of the kind of person that she is. Yeah, we, I am too. And it, I mean, it's just all pathological at this point. Like what <laughs> anything that comes out of her mouth, it's like you you really can't believe it, and which is unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, well. Not the best note to end on, but um, Carvel, can you uh, tell us sort of what you're most looking forward to in the new year on Bravo? Is it something from this show? Is it something from Potomac? Is it something from an upcoming, you know, franchise that you're excited about? You know what, Mandy, I'll give you two quick ones. Um, The first one is I'm excited for Miami to come back. Granted, it'll be on Peacock first. Uh, I, I thought Miami last season was amazing. They were on point with the fashions, the drama, the relationships. I mean, we were missing them for, what, nine years? And so I'm so excited for them to come back. I think they have the casting right. Um, and I, I, I can't wait. Uh, secondly, I'm curious to see what happens with Dubai. I thought the first season was good for a first season. I mean, yeah, I, I'd give it maybe a C plus uh, for a first season. I, I think that there's definitely potential in that cast. I think Caroline Stansberry was definitely not herself most of that season. And hopefully she's activated during filming. I'm guessing they're probably filming now um, or about to start filming. But uh, I, I think, Ion is great TV. I mean, even her at BravoCon going up against Phaedra, I think that, you know, that was some iconic behavior. Um, I'm not going to call her an icon yet, but she had some iconic behavior at BravoCon. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, it's nice to see Dubai and just the different culture there. Um, And I just look forward to that. I I hope that they come back with a, a stronger second season and, hey, wouldn't that be cool if we got Phaedra Park, you know, as a main housewife of Dubai? I mean, I think that would be great. Clearly, they would move her there and rent out a place and say she lived there for three months during filming. But, you know, that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. No, I think she bought a place in Dubai. Oh, did she? Yeah. I I heard that. I have to double check if that's actually true. But, yeah, I'm here for it. I would take Phaedra, especially if she talks about herself because she was someone when you talk about like being you know not sharing anything personal information she spent uh, all those days trip. on girls trip Go and she shared up. not one thing about her life nothing sure didn't didn't mes- sure mention didn't. those kids didn't mention her ex didn't mention anything so so well so hopefully if she's if she's on dubai hopefully we we get to uh hear about her life and hopefully it's real somewhat real i hope that dubai like figures itself out if that makes sense because some of the women are just inherently watchable and others aren't and i would love carolyn stanberry chanel ayan alliance and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that's what i kind of want to see almost like the karen huger and giselle like but like friendlier you know Mm -hmm. and shading each other in a funny way not in a nasty way that's what I want to see next. And I want to see Lisa give a little. And I want to see Brooks mm-hmm. give a little. Like, mm-hmm. give up mm-hmm. some of what they're holding on to so that things can actually progress. Because Lisa seems to be holding on to a whole lot, and so does uh, Brooks. 
Yeah. I, know, I, I think that they both have a lot more to give for sure. And especially Brooks, I feel like, you know, the, the, was it the season finale where she was tipsy and she's kind of fallen over and letting herself go. Um, I'd like to see more of that. But also, I mean, she's got a temper. So mm-hmm. I'd love to see her temper, you know, raring and her screaming at some castmates. And I mean, as she, obviously she's, she did a little bit at the, um, that party for Sergio and uh, Stansberry, but I, I actually liked Sarah. My husband, Mike was like, she's boring, but I liked Sarah. I thought she was cool. <laughs> I thought she, she brought something to the show being a yeah. local. She, and you're mean, laughing, she, so you probably thought she's boring. No, I don't think she's boring. I just think she's a complete fraud. <laughs> oh, right. Well, remember when they first came out with the press release? I think they said she was a doctor. She's not a doctor. That she's not a doctor. And right? she uses like the title doctor on her like either Twitter or Instagram bio. It is the most wild thing I have ever seen. Like if you do not have a phd or doctorate of something you are not a doctor like period an honorary doctorate is honorary like don't get it twisted (laughs) you didn't put in the work and you may have done a lot of really incredible things in life but that wasn't one of them (laughs) well see so if they so if she's back hopefully they can unpeel some of that onion and we can see what's really under there because i think even ion had said that hey there's a lot more to sarah that we're just not seeing Um, Oh, yeah. I think she's like maybe one of those sort of like toxically positive people who Mm, is... That's good. I'm afraid. Yeah. Who's also on the wrong side of a lot of feminist issues, but proclaims herself to be a feminist. Mm. Like she had a free Donny Depp shirt or like, I believe Johnny Depp or something. And it's like, this man has so much money and so much power. He doesn't need your voice. Like, he doesn't. Right. Like, if, if right. you say Especially you stand up for people who, like, you know, need to be stood up for, like, why not take a cause on th- that actually matters to the vulnerable people of the world? True that. And, I mean, you know, it's not like she's got a ton of followers either. So, it's like, why it waste your energy? There's so, so many. Like, the women that go out of their way to be like, I believe Johnny Depp. It's like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> right. Like, it's just, like, this is not the cause that, like, you need to spend your time on. Like, he does not need any more support than he already has. You know? I don't know. That's just my take on it. I also feel like he, I really didn't like how he went about everything and filing the case in Virginia. And, like, he. I just think he's a nasty piece of work. And people just like him. I didn't follow too much up on it. Yeah, I just, I kind of like this is too much with, with all of that situation so yeah it's just i don't know i get bad vibes and i don't know the whole thing it's like what i don't know it's so funny for me when people will take like the most one of the most popular male figures in cinema or whatever and like stand up for them as if they're the people that need support And that you should be lending your voice that way. Like, that was just so funny to me that she's like, yes, I stand up for girls and women and, like, all this stuff. Like, okay. (laughs) Well, he's being accused of, like, domestic violence. And, like, even if he didn't do it, like, is that really where you want to, like, spend your time? But okay, Sarah. Um, All right. (laughs) Carvel, tell everyone where they can find you and 
anything else you want to plug? Yeah, so you can find me at uh, what is it? At Carvel underscore Taylor um, on Insta and uh, at Carvel Taylor on Twitter. And uh, no, I just hey, this is great. It's it's nice speaking with someone in the community about housewives and let's definitely reconnect at some point in the next year or so and we can talk about what's happened maybe we can do some recaps on on some reunions because reunions are my favorite oh definitely reach out to me again for sure but this was so fun i hope you had a great time on your first ever podcast and other people listening if you've got podcasts you should definitely have carvel taylor on awesome well thanks so much for having me thanks for popping my podcast cherry (laughs) 